All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Are we back? Are, are we back? Are we back? Let's get into it with the lead. You know, we might be back. The streets, they're rumbling. People are talking. People are starting to say that the Edmonton Oilers might be back. It's an exciting time. It was a big win down at Rogers Place. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day live from the Sports Closet Studio. Or if you want to pick up some of that Heritage Classic gear before it goes away forever, they got you covered. You want to get a nice, crisp Ryan Nugent Hopkins jersey? They got you covered. Sportscloset.ca. We are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. The Blank Project is chiming in on the Finning Cat YouTube chat. We're back. We're back from the future. That felt like the Oilers of old last night. For both good and bad reasons, these last two victories on home ice have felt like the Oilers of old. Lawn is in. We're on the right path. It certainly feels that way, but I will stay true to my word. I said all along, I will not get excited. I will not officially declare the Oilers back until they have won five games in a row at some point. So we got to wait a little bit. We got to wait a little bit here to see if, uh, well, you know, get a win against Winnipeg on Thursday. We're feeling good, but I'll be honest, this right here in this moment is without a doubt the best I have felt about the Edmonton Oilers all season. We are going to talk about it. Dig in on the Finning Cat YouTube chat. I want to hear some takes today. We don't have a guest. 
It is just going to be me and you, the Finning Cat YouTube chat. And also our boy, Liam Horobin, who is here as always. He would never leave my side. I would never approve vacation days for Liam, right? Right? No, you'll be here for good. What's up? I was going to say, am I, am I off the show today? I didn't think you were going to tag me in there. I got a little carried away. I got a little carried away with my whole we're back thing to start the show. Uh, but it feels good. The Oilers go and get a shootout victory over the Vegas Golden Knights last night. Let's get into a little game recap. We have a lot going on today on the show, even though there is no guest. We have a giant question that is centered around some mm-hmm. trade talk for Sherwood Ford. We got a little Alberta Blue Cross moment of the game that's going to trickle into heart trophy conversation as well. But first, let's. Oh, and also, Liam, you got a fresh version of Liam's mystery player game. I have my game. You have your game. And we're going to give away $25 to Nation Gear for a lucky winner there as well. We've got a couple. Daki and Dangerous Wade have already gone away with $25 Nation Gear GCs this year, courtesy of Liam's game. So we'll do all that. But let's get into our game recap for last night, Liam. The Oilers walk away with two points, but it was a little bit hairy there for a moment. The Oilers scored first, which was great to see. We'll start there with the game recap. Sam Gagne draws into the lineup. Because Zach Hyman is sick and can't play. And what does old Sammy Gagne do? The only thing he knows what to do. Score goals at Rogers Place and celebrate like they are massive, massive goals as well. I love seeing this dude get fired up. It, it's my favorite thing. I love this more than I love watching Connor McDavid do what he does. Just because Sam Gagne loves being an Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, there's, uh, there's not many players that have played for this team that love playing for the Oilers like Sam Gagne does. And... It's cool to see him have this success so far, right? Like three goals through however many games and scoring at massive times too. Like this goal was was big for the team. And then you look at the two he scored against Dallas as well. Like guys buzzing right now. Again, I don't, I don't think he's an everyday NHL anymore, unfortunately, but he's chipped in at huge moments. And yeah, the celebration at the end was was amazing. Brendan Escott actually quote tweeted me when I tweeted out and he asked Sam Gagne, and paraphrasing a little bit, he basically says, like, you never know when it'll be your last NHL goal. So you can understand why he's he's buzzing the way he is after he finds one in the back of the net there. Third of the year, third of the year on home ice as well for Sam Gagne. I was at the game and I sit in the corner right where the goal was scored, but I didn't see it go in because I was staring at the Jumbotron and they had a graphic up at the time in Rogers Place about who had hit the highest top speed so far. As an Edmonton Oiler, do you want to guess who was number one on that list for the Oilers in that game? Who hit the highest speed? Yeah, skating speed. <laughs> Hustling. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming it's not David. I'm, I'm, I'll guess Sam Gagne. No, it was James Hamblin who actually hit the highest oh. speed in that one. And he picked up an assist on that Sam Gagne goal as well. You know who was sneaky good in that hockey game last night, Liam? The trio of Gagne, Ernie, and Hamblin. The chat is demanding it. Jonathan says, Liam owes Ernie an apology. Are you ready to apologize to Adam Ernie? I'm not. It's been one good game, but still, he played good. I I don't owe him shit. (laughs) He's not been very good all season, and he had like four good shifts, and now all of a sudden, he's an everyday NHL. He's been great. I've said the last few shows that he's done very, very well, and he's found a role within this team. He had a great chance last night to score and drew the penalties. He's done well, but I'm not apologizing to someone who has one point on the season or two points now, whatever it is. He had, he had a great game. We'll, we'll start there. Keep going, Adam Ernie. 
Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that like a dude who's been an absolute ghost outside of elbowing Pierre Edouard Bellamar in the head a couple games ago. He's been a ghost all season. He's now put together like four Ooh. good periods and we're like, whoa, is this guy legit? No, he's not. You know who I do think is legit, though? It's James Hamblin. I know uh, Dylan is in on the Facebook. Hamblin's been a dog. Best two-way player in our bottom six. Tenacity's unreal. Always four checks. Relentless on the back check. He's been winning draws. We see it as a result on the Gagne goal. He's got two goals in 11 games as well. That's what is it? Is that not a 16 goal pace over the course of 82 games or something close to it? Like if James Hamlin's going to be a 4C for you, play 65 games a year and score you 12 goals in those games and be responsible in the D zone, this dude who I will admit, I called him a quad A player at the beginning of the season. I didn't think he had long-term NHL potential. But if what he's been showing us for the last 11 games is something that he can sustain, this dude's going to make money. This dude's going to be a longtime NHLer. Yeah, I mean, his story is pretty crazy, too. The fact he was like undrafted at so many levels and then just like fought his way through to the NHL. And now he has two goals on the season. I like him a lot. I just like the way he plays every single game. Like, like it means something to him. I know it means something to all of them, but like he's always out there playing every single shift and really giving it. And, and every single time he's out there. So I appreciate the game he plays, and I think he deserves to be on this team for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, just quickly, Dave hopped in with a comment. He said, he threw back my quote of, I like watching Gagne score goals more than McDavid because Gagne loves being an Oilers. Tyler's suggesting McDavid doesn't love being an Oiler. Come on, don't twist my words like that. You know what I meant. Mm. Watching Sam Gagne celebrate goals like that is so much fun because, again, He's not a superstar, but he loves being here so much and he loves contributing. So no, come on, don't uh, don't twist my words with anything like that. Um, the other thing, too, we got a comment on this. Uh, rolling four lines feels so good from Joel. Yeah, second straight game where the Oilers didn't have to go to the blender. And granted, yes, there are moments where Knobloch goes and has McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nuge all on the ice once. He did it coming out of a penalty kill. He did it at the end of a period once as well. I like that. But when I go look at the game report on natural statric, I only see four combinations of players that played more than 60 seconds together at five on five. That is very, very good for the Edmonton Oilers. They have four lines that they can trust. Three of their four lines outshot the opposition at five on five. Every lot, three or four lines again, were positive in terms of the shot attempts. They have four lines that Chris Knobloch can trust right now, and that is a very, very, very good thing. And I'll even say, some of us, some of you were talking in there about scratching the cloud. I listen. He might be to blame on one of those late goals. I, I still didn't love what I saw, but you look at the way that that forward line played of McLeod, Fogle, and Derek Ryan. They were pushing play in the right direction for the majority of the night. They need to eventually score. Ryan McLeod needs to start burying chances. He had one where he worked in, had a bunch of time, fired it into a guy's shin pads. He had another one where he just had to whack it over to Fogel. He dusted it off for, granted, a tenth of a second, a quarter of a second. He dusted it off. It killed Fogel's chance to bury it in tight. Or maybe Fogel could have just been a little quicker himself. But you know what I mean, right? Like, they're getting looks, and it's frustrating that they're not putting them in. But coming off a win, I'm not going to roast those guys because they were still in some way contributing in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not a vendetta to the team right now. Are they? They're just not no. scoring goals. It does need to happen sooner rather than later. And that's why I believe the others need to upgrade that three th- uh, C spot and just make McLeod a winger at some point in the year. But 
I'm not not too upset with how they're playing defensively, like you said. They're not too much of a liability out there. They're actually doing pretty well. Like you said, maybe McLeod is to blame for one of the goals. But all in all, like Rick said it yesterday on Oilers Nation Radio, like McLeod's been pretty decent defensively. It's just he's not a two-way forward right now. He's a one-way forward. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Palmer, what did McLeod's analytics numbers say last night? Well, with Ryan McLeod on the ice last night for the Edmonton Oilers, and he played 11-31 at 5-on-5, the shots were 8-3, the shot attempts were 17-7. to So that right there gives you a glimpse into why the analytics like him. Why the eye test doesn't like him is because we've watched him now for 20-some-odd games do kind of exactly this. Go out there, skate hard, get a couple of moments or have a couple moments where you're like, whoa, he's going to score. And then, ah, okay, the the chance totally falls apart and he fumbles it or he doesn't want to rip the puck. One of those things. So, um, yeah, the analytics are good on McLeod last night. I'm still frustrated with him, but at least last night he did a lot of really good positive things for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Matthias Janmark vaulted up into the top six and it was really... (laughs) It was a bit of a roller coaster. Like for the most part, he was fine. He got a goal by going hard to the net. You like to see that. There was a moment in the third where he like circled almost the entire offensive zone with the puck. That's a good sign. He's comfortable with the puck on his stick. There was also a point in the first period where he turned over two pucks in the matter of 20 seconds and they were two almost quality scoring chances from the Vegas (laughs) Golden Knights. And Chris Knobloch made a comment after about how you know, he'd never seen Yanmark up there, but he was told Yanmark is comfortable playing with skill. Okay, let's unpack that a little bit. Let me get not even conspiracy theory, how I believe things operate. I don't I don't think Matthias Yanmark was going to come back and be an Edmonton Oiler. I didn't think that at the end of last season. I had heard he was like, I'm moving on. There is a player in that locker room who vouches for Matthias Yanmark a lot and wanted him back. I think it's number 97. I think Connor McDavid likes having this guy in the lineup. And who do you think is telling Chris Knobloch that Yanmark's comfortable mm-hmm. playing with skill? It's probably the skill. So as much as I really don't understand it, and I think Sam Gagne can give you really just as good of minutes up there, I think Connor McDavid enjoys, or is at least comfortable, I should say, playing with Matias Yanmark. And I think that's why we see that as the go-to with Knobloch. And I think it might even be why we saw it as the go-to with Jay Woodcroft. There's clearly something there between those two. Um, again, I think it's part of the reason Yanmark was brought back this season and why he wanted to come back. And I think it's part of the reason why he's the de facto, oh, we're in a pinch, throw him up there. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a bit of a Swiss army knife in a way, I, I guess you could say, right? Like he, he's, he's good enough in moments to play in that group, but there's other times where it's like, oh yeah, you are a fourth line player. Whereas, good for you one know, game, but no more than that. He, yeah, like you got to toss him in there. It is what it is. But hey, if Connor McDavid likes him, then it's got to be something positive, right? You can see why he would maybe like him over Sam Gagne just from a speed aspect. At least Yamark still can can probably keep up with McDavid to an extent too. So I don't mind him, but I agree. He's not a guy that you can, you can plug in there every single night, is he? No. Um, the Naj is in and says between Klim and McLeod, I would have kept Klim 100%. I think the people saying that are doing revisionist history. I think you're using the value of hindsight. Unless you can show me receipts, I just, one of them is a guy who was a fringe NHLer going into last year who shot the absolute lights out. That shooting percentage wasn't going to be sustainable. I loved his toughness. I loved that he loved being an oiler as well when it comes to Klim Costin, but you weren't giving up 
the early 20s third line center who scored at an 18 goal pace the year before. You're not giving that guy up. You're not letting him walk away to keep a bottom six winger who fights. Like, again, and I know right now we're frustrated with McLeod, but think back to where you were in the summer. You weren't doing that. You weren't moving Ryan McLeod just to keep Clem Cost. And I don't think anyone was really thinking that a couple of months ago. Yeah, this season hasn't played out great, but like, has Clem Cost been shooting the lights out in Detroit? Not really. He has, he has one goal and one assist on the season. It's not, it's not much better, is it? Like They're both kind of in very below average. And he's not going to kill penalties and he's not going to play center for you. So again, I miss Clem Costin just as much as everybody else, but let's be real. You were never going to keep Clem Costin over Ryan McLeod. Riley says Costin has not been the same presence this year in Detroit. Exactly. Exactly. Braden says no snapbacks on the show today. Must be formal Wednesday or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't wear snapbacks today. I, I didn't even Plus think my about hats. I'm, I got, you know, a, sometimes I got like, a low hat supply right now. I, sometimes I get worried about my hairline. So I just go, you know what? I need a day to just, and I know it's not true at all. I don't think wearing hats actually does affect your hairline, but you no, know, sometimes I get a little self-conscious and I go, I need to go a day without a hat. I have good hair. We both I think have I have hair a good hairline. hairline. Yeah, I think you're good. I mean, definitely got a little bit on top I'll, here. I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't think I would look good bald. Give you that one for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going with our game recap from last night. Uh, bottom six was good. Yanmark did deliver, but you know what my moment of the game was? And it's for Alberta Blue Cross, where the only thing better than sharing memories, it's making new ones. Wherever your travel takes you, Alberta Blue Cross can ensure you. They protect your memories wherever you go. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Liam, I can't believe we've gone 16 minutes and we haven't talked about this yet. Connor McDavid. He's like, there. there's being back, and then there's being back, back, back. Connor McDavid is so back right now, Liam. Another three-point game. He is now second amongst active players when it comes to having three-point periods behind only Sidney Crosby, and he's only one behind Sidney Crosby. Connor McDavid, if he gets one more three-point period, he will be the active leader in that mark in the NHL. Last three games, he's just... Humming, dude. Like, this is unbelievable. He's averaging four points per game. Uh, it's remarkable. And last night, I'm at the game when he goes and picks up that puck to go in on a mile-long breakaway. Like, he was in the clear yeah. from... I mean, we'll get a look at it here. The dangers of shooting the puck wide on an odd man. We saw that hurt the Oilers last year. He's in the clear from the red line in. You know he's scoring this. I tweeted it last night. It's not a matter of if he's going to score. It's how is he going to beat Logan Thompson on this breakaway? And what does he do? A quick little flip to the backhand, slide it along the ice, forget about it. Um, he's inevitable right now. He's carrying this team on his back in every sense of it. It's McDavid magic. He scores in the shootout, going in at a snail's pace. Because you know what? Logan Thompson doesn't have a chance. If McDavid's coming in that slow, Logan Thompson needs, even if he plays it perfectly, which he kind of did, you're not stopping McDavid. He's just going to come in nice and slow. Wait, wait, wait. And okay, there's the puck-sized hole you gave me. I'll flip it there. It's ridiculous how good he looks right now. The kid can play. The kid can play, I think that's fair to say. Uh, if you look at that goal, too, I, I thought about this in the moment. It's like, well, is he on the halfway mark of the ice? But then there's like a reverse angle where 
he's like between two defensemen, but just anticipates the play so well that he gives himself that much room to go on a breakaway. He's just, he has decided that it is his time to take over now. He is clearly 100% healthy or he's an absolute freak. One of the two, I think it's maybe even both. So yeah, he, he's, he's carrying this team at the moment. I don't know if his four goals, uh, four points a game is sustainable for much longer, but Hey, like what? Well, We'll take it while it comes here. He's it's so fun. It's so fun to watch. And I hit my betway bet, Tyler. So did I. I think we all hit ours. Jay is too. He is he is one and eight. He's off the schneid. Good job, Jay. Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show. The return of the Betway betting challenge tomorrow on the program. Um <laughs> Parallax says, Tyler, I sent my anti McLeod contract receipts from the summer to you on the ON Discord. Okay, I will uh, I will go take a peek at them, but do they include anything about Costin, which again was the point of the conversation. So I'll look at those in a second. Um yeah, Connor McDavid dude, just it it's remarkable. I know uh, QF Pro or sorry, Maynard Nugent Spivey said, "What was Connor doing that far out of the play?" Yeah, like he was tied up after the rush. And again, I think that's his awareness, man. He comes back and sees it's not just like a four on three rush up the ice where Vegas looks like they're taking their time with the whole thing. It's rushed. Edmonton has control there with Dreisaitl being the first forward back. He knows he can wait. It's four on four hockey. He knows he's going to have space here. And yeah, okay, perfect. I love that you pause it right there, Aaron, because again, it just shows Edmonton was in control. Vegas had all four guys going that way. A stop and a flip down the ice and McDavid's going to get a breakaway or a shot that goes wide of the net and McDavid's going to get a breakaway. I don't think that's even cherry picking. That is just unbelievable awareness of the flow of the game going back that way. Yeah, like there's men, not many, if more than one player in the league that can anticipate a play like and just have such a good read on on what the way everything's going to go. He's, he's incredible, isn't he? And also, Ty, I just want to address something that was in the chat. Someone said they saw me on the Jumbotron last night. Impossible. I was at home. Ah, wow. Well, you got a doppelganger. Maybe. Maybe. You do. Evil Liam, like Waluigi. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, there you go. That is our big moment last night and our big memory for Alberta Blue Cross. Uh, remember, nationgear.ca, you can get in on our trip to Arizona. Spots are filling up we leave in february it is family day long weekend getting out to arizona right now especially for that weekend Ooh, get out of the cold watch some hockey we're gonna do like a live on everyday thing you're gonna get to hang out and watch the game with us in the den at the mullet arena it's gonna be the trip of a lifetime why would you not get in on it nationgear.ca nation vacation presented by alberta blue cross speaking of making memories liam had a chance to chat with a with our friends at alberta blue cross about some sports memories. We're going to step aside and give you a little video presentation from Alberta Blue Cross. Your memories always have like my favorite people in them. Right. Mine too. Yeah. Like my favorite hockey memory is I went to game seven with my dad against the LA Kings and it was very like we weren't supposed to go but I got offered free tickets that day but it wasn't to go with my dad. So then me, I told my dad that I was like oh, I got off these tickets but I'm not going to go without you and he's like should we just go? Yeah. And we bought the tickets and we went and it was it was the best sporting event I've ever been to. It was incredible. And I oh think because goodness. of the moment of being with my dad there was just what kind of made it really cool. Right. There you go. I was trying to put my nose through that. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you go. Liam's memory with his dad. What are you eating there, buddy? 
<laughs> what are you eating? Caught right-handed. I got a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I got caught blowing my nose. No. I didn't think the video was ending quickly. Salmon and rice. Is that a subway you know? tub? Did you steal that from a subway? That looks like the plastic no. thing they put in the little insertion. Anyways, uh, that looks terrible, buddy. I'm sorry. Doesn't look good. It's not salmon, rice, and a little bit of soy sauce. All right. Uh, giddy up. <laughs> Shout out to Alberta Blue Cross. Uh, let's dig into things. I talked about Connor McDavid, Liam. I have an article coming out in an hour's time on Oilers Nation, but I'll give you all a sneak preview. Is Connor McDavid back to being the Hart Trophy favorite? Yeah. I mean, I it would have been a great idea to to bet on him a couple of weeks ago, wouldn't it? When he was slumping a little bit there. I wonder what, what is yeah. he at now? Well, let's take a look. Courtesy of Betway, Connor McDavid, he is back to being the favorite. I actually don't know if he ever lost his spot as the favorite, but he's now four to one to win the Hart Trophy. You compare that to a month ago or six weeks ago, he was even money plus one hundred. The implied odds were fifty fifty. The implied odds are now down to twenty percent, and I will be honest. Connor McDavid has a better chance than 20% of winning the Hart Trophy. At this point right now, I will go ahead and say it's probably 50-50 if we're being totally honest with McDavid and the field. I think Jack Hughes has a great case. He is red hot. Like his numbers on the season, he just had another three-point night. He's got 26 points in 15 games. Hughes is looking dynamite. But Connor McDavid in the last 10 days has gone from outside the top 100 in scoring to inside the top 10 in scoring in the NHL. He's tied for ninth again with Leon Dreisaitl. He's only nine points back of Nikita Kucherov, despite the fact he's played three less games than Nikita Kucherov. He's back. He's all the way back. And another thing to consider when you look at the Hart Trophy, it's voted on by the writers. It is narrative-driven, Liam. The narrative and the potential story that could be written by Connor McDavid here is the back half or the first quarter of the season the Oilers were down in the dumps. Midway through November, they were closer to the basement of the league than they were to a playoff spot. Connor McDavid was hurt. Another coach was fired. And what did McDavid do in the last 60 games? Let's say he goes out and pops home 120 points in those 60 games and does a pace that we've never seen before in the NHL and leads the Oilers not just back to being a playoff team. They reestablish themselves as a cup contender because of what number 97 did. That's a storyline the voters will get behind. Connor McDavid winning his first back-to-back set of Hart trophies and being the first player since Ovi in 08-09, that's something the writers, I could see them getting behind. I think Connor McDavid is all the way back. I know not everyone bets on this kind of stuff, but I'm putting money down on Connor McDavid to win the Hart trophy at 4-1 to because these odds are too good. Richard is in. Nine points back. You'll cover that by Monday. You can't write off Connor McDavid right now. You cannot bet against Connor McDavid right now. He is inevitable. And I think him being the leading scorer this year is entirely dependent on his health. But if he's healthy, he's doing it. And if he comes back and ends up leading the NHL in scoring after he was outside of the top 100 halfway through November, he is a lock to win the Hart Trophy if that happens. There you go. That's my case. And I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the storylines are there, right? They just got to be molded into a book at the moment. But I think Conor McDavid is is well on his way to hopefully winning another hard trophy. You know there's always going to be those guys who vote and be like, oh, well, he wasn't good all season long. And he's like, well, 
I get that, but also, like you said, like what if he goes on this amazing run right now and drags the Oilers back to relevancy in a in a stage of their, their history where they look to be down and out. There was a stat after the the Carolina game, I think it was, or maybe it was a Florida game. There were only out of the the five teams that had had a worse. They were one of the five teams to have one of the worst losing percentage through eighteen games, and none of the other four had ever made the playoffs. The only other one was the Seattle Kraken. In 2021, that, that stat was tracked from 2005 onwards. So the others are able to get to the playoffs off the back of, of him being an absolute monster. And yeah, he should win the Hunt Trophy. I mean, just even look at what he does last night, right? Like the Oilers win 5-4. They score four goals in that hockey game. McDavid had three points. And I mean, he had a second assist on the Yanmark goal. That's basically a first assist when you look at how the play went. He had a second assist on the Kane goal. That's basically a first assist when you look at how that play went and him setting up Bouchard for the one-timer. And then again, he goes out and buries it in the shootout. Like Thompson had no hope in stopping either the breakaway or the shootout goal. So um, yeah, Mainlander Tim, some writers are going to be looking for a reason to vote for anyone else. That's Connor's biggest hurdle. I actually think if he would have just been dominant start to finish and the Oilers would have won the division by five points and won the West or maybe been in the president's trophy conversation. The argument against McDavid would have been that the Oilers were just a great team. And I think that's what's working against a guy like David Pasternak. I think it's the goaltending's unreal. The Bruins are a wagon. Is one player really their MVP? No. The New Jersey Devils, if they get in, Jack Hughes has a great case and he is without a doubt the biggest threat to this. But even Elias Pettersson in Vancouver, if they keep having an unbelievable season, and they are home ice through round one, second in the Pacific, something crazy like that, you're going to be sitting there going, Pedersen has to compete with a teammate in JT Miller for who's actually the most valuable. Another teammate in Quinn Hughes who could maybe be a Hart Trophy finalist as a D-man and could very easily win the Norris this year. With McDavid, if the Oilers get in, it is abundantly clear that they will be getting in because Connor McDavid threw the team on his back. I just think that's his case right there. And this, it's a weird twisted thing where these struggles in the first month set them back and the road ahead is still tough. I think we need to remember that. But if they get back in, it is going to be very easy to see the correlation between when they started their comeback and when Connor McDavid got hot. That's a heart trophy case for me. Can we, can we get the odds back up there, Aaron? I just want to have a quick peek at one of the names on that list. Okay, let me see that. Number one, yeah, good. Hughes, good. Pasternak, good. Oh, Austin Matthews, the third best player on his team, is on the list at number four. Kind of weird. Why is William yeah. Nylander? Why is William Nylander not on that list? I think you have to remember you know, that these are driven. These are driven by the public a little too, right? Like, I mean, no one's going to well, be betting on William Nylander to win the hard. The public's being silly. Austin Matthews has as many points as Evan Bouchard this season. There you go, folks. I That's did like say. that tweet. That was a good tweet. Yeah, seriously. All like, it's McDavid and Hughes and I think Pasternak, you know, and like, like you said, the Vancouver guys do have a really good case, but it's the same argument as what people have used with McDavid. Oh, he plays with Drysaddle. Oh, I guess the opposite. Like, Drysaddle can't be a finalist because he plays with McDavid. It's like, well, those three guys play together every night in Vancouver. So how can all three of them be on it, right? I think if one of them was to go... I would probably pick you if I have to be completely honest, but I guess we'll find out as the season goes on how those guys all, all traject towards the end. Yeah. Uh, all right. We are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Hammer the like button for us. Do us a little solid here. 
If you think Connor McDavid's going to win the Hart Trophy, let's get that like goal up to 97 for today. So hit that thing if you're watching us live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. JD Bros is in. Bouchard has been all right defensively, but makes too many mistakes. Uh, Nurse, be, oh, gotta put Nurse because even if he does not produce offense, he's not getting scored on. Okay, a couple of things here. A couple of things. One, Bouchard has not been all right offensively. Bouchard has been elite offensively. I think that is a distinction that is important to be made in all this. It's not like, again, Tyson Berry was good offensively. Tyson Berry wasn't this offensively, which is what we're getting right now from Evan Bouchard. So I believe that is a very important distinction to make in all of this. He is fifth amongst all defensemen in scoring. And it's not like he's just doing it all on the power play either. He's tied for 13th in even strength points as well. It's important to note that he's elite offensively, not just good. We can't make that mistake in all of this. The other thing too is I think he's been getting better. I Again, last night, there were way more elite breakout plays from Evan Bouchard than there were bad turnovers. And again, sometimes he makes it almost, he makes difficult plays look really easy. And I think sometimes that's why people don't notice them as much is what I want to say. Like there were a couple times yesterday where he just made a little chip in the, in the D zone, turned around and like totally shedded the guy who was forechecking him, looked up ice, delivered a clean strike. Bang, bang, bang. Easy. I, I think Evan Bouchard, yes, he's struggled. I'm not trying to tell you guys that like he's good offense or good defensively. I'm not trying to tell you that like you're foolish for noticing his mistakes because I notice them too. And I get incredibly frustrated with this guy a lot at five on five. But you just can't deny that offensively he's been so elite this year and he does bring a lot of positives. In the last three games, He's been on the ice for two goals against at five on five. That's that's not terrible by any stretch. He needs to be better. I get it. But let's not eat the young here. Let's not eat our own. Evan Bouchard does a lot of good that helps you win hockey games. And I get that he's supposed to be a defenseman. He's 24 years old. He's played 200 games. Let's give him, you know, let's give him till game 300 to figure out the defensive stuff. If he's still what he is right now by game 300, I will admit we have a full-blown problem. He's 200 games into his NHL career. Let him figure out the defensive side and appreciate the elite, elite, elite offensive play. Yeah. While you're away, we obviously, we had Nation Dan on the show and he made a good point about Evan Bouchard. And I don't think we've seen this as much from him the last probably three games. It's probably fair to say is tries to be too involved in the game. Like instead of thinking about like how he can make life a little bit simpler on himself, he he overthinks his situations. Like the goal that stands out is uh, there's one in Florida. I think it was uh, Stengland, Stengland or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, Bouchard stepped up and, and cross-checked the guy in the back to like anticipate the pass. But the guy anticipated coming and just played it right past him and stuff like that. It's like you're overcomplicating your own game. I think it's similar to what we maybe saw a little bit from Nurse in the past too, where his errors were so obvious that they ended up in the back of the net. And now we're not seeing that from this, right? Because he's matured, obviously a little bit older than what Evan Bouchard is, but Bouchard's a good player. Like we don't even need him to be anything special in the defensive zone. You need him to just be slightly above average. And then his offensive game will will speak for itself. So he's a fantastic player. Obviously we're going to be harsh on him sometimes because it's, it's hard not to be with some of the mistakes he made, but all in all, you can't be too disappointed with how he's been this season. Just quickly on Darnell Nurse, because I want to make this point too. Someone in here said Darnell Nurse has been worth the money this year. Scott Aroni said it. 
And he said, don't at me. I'm, I'm going to at you in a positive way, Scott Aroni. I, I honestly think you're kind of bang on. In the last 10 games for the Edmonton Oilers, Darnell Nurse has only been on the ice for four goals against at five on five. The Oilers have scored nine goals at five on five with him on the ice. He handles tough assignments and he is handling them very, very well this year. When you go look at like the kinds of players he's played the most against in this span in forwards, like he constantly gets elite assignments. Like he played a ton against JT Miller when they played Vancouver. Like he goes up against the other team's best and he gives you quality, quality minutes. Darnell Nurse has been very good this year. There was a guy sitting around me at the game yesterday who in the first period, Nurse made a jump up in the rush read it perfectly and then fired a long wrister that just missed the net. But the Oilers got zone time out of it. And there was a guy somewhere around me. I don't know where exactly he was. who was like, Jesus nurse, you're supposed to be playing defense. And it's like, is that really where we've gotten with this guy? Like he jumps up in the rush, makes a great read leads to Oilers sustained zone time. And some dude just thinks it's smart to be mad about Darnell nurse all the time. And that's just where we've totally lost the plot with the Darnell nurse hate is like, People don't even want to give this guy right here who looks like a beauty, looks like a beautiful hockey player. I sound like Don Cherry there. This is a hockey player. Um, play a little piano on my desk. Uh, anything he does, people want to react negatively to it. And I just think to an extent we've lost the plot. So anyways, given Darnell there's some love, he deserves it. Um, anyways, yeah. News around the NHL today. I see it's popping up in the chat a little bit. Uh, Corey Perry's contract officially terminated today by the Blackhawks. I know a bunch of you are going to say you have interest in them. Maynard Spivey says it. Uh, it's too early to say that, guys. We're, we're jumping the shark with this one. We got to sit and wait for facts to come out about all of this, and that might take a very long time. So I, I don't even think it's a conversation worth having because, again, until you know, until you know what went down and why things played out the way they did, you don't want to sit there and be like, yeah, we'll commit to them. And then you find out that what he did was maybe really bad in a month and you just don't want to touch him. Again, we don't know. We don't know what the situation is, so we're not going to do that. Uh, Richard says, Nurse has been getting the old Dion Phaneuf treatment. I think that's honestly kind of bang on. Like, again, came onto the scene, was this great young player. Laws got exposed for a little bit, still went on to have a great career, but people just, again, wanted to latch on to the few things he didn't do well, which is unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. Uh, you guys are really making some noise over in the YouTube chat, which is, as always, brought to you by Finning Cat. It's a reminder that the Finning Cat Black Friday sale, sale, it's still on. If you need to get something for the job site now, or if you'll need something soon, go to finning.com slash Black Friday. Or, or if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can scan the QR code at the top of your screen. Check out the great deals on new used and rental equipment, as well as parts and service. The deals won't be a around for much longer. Like We're talking a matter of days here to find a Finning Cat location near you. Or for more info, check out all the deals on their Black Friday sale. Go to finning.com slash Black Friday. Liam, let's move along on the program today. Oilers Nation every day, a Wednesday edition. Usually we got Frank on these ones, but here's what we did. We're at the line like a quarterback called a little audible. Frank isn't available today, but he's got a new trade targets article dropping Thursday night at Daily Faceoff. So we're going to have him on the show Friday. We're going to talk, talk trade targets we will finally get a real answer when we ask Frank, what will the Oilers do at the trade deadline? Very exciting, big moment for the show. Yeah, that'll be big for, for us. And thankfully, Frank is uh, going to be granting our wishes early for our little Christmas gift. To be nice mm. Mm. Who do you think he'll say? Who do you think he's going to leave under the tree for us? Mackenzie Blackwood. That ties in 
to our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day. SherwoodFord.ca to browse all the things that make this dealership great. And you can check out their new inventory, or sorry, their inventory of new and used vehicles. Liam, with the way Skinner's been playing as of late, the giant question is this. Should the Oilers still be looking to acquire a goalie? Yes. I think it's a simple answer. Like you, Skinner... Skinner's been good, but he's also been bad, right? There's so many up and downs with him, unfortunately, at the moment. I think he is the goalie of the future for this team, but he also needs some some time off for himself as well to, to evaluate his own game and get better in that regard, maybe a little extra practice time, whatever it may be, right? So I think it's very important the Oilers go out and get another goalie. I think the fact that they're saying that Jack Campbell is the solution is potentially disastrous no is that too harsh to say i'm 100 sure he's been okay in bakersfield recently right but i just don't know how you can continue to trust campbell i think skinner has done enough throughout his young career to earn that trust by the organization but now they need to trust themselves to go out and get another goaltender too whoever that may be so the condors are back in action tonight they're taking on the henderson Silver Knights to close out their December's or their November schedule. Uh, Jack Campbell in his last two games, he's only allowed three goals. He had a shutout against <clears throat> Henderson back on the 21st and on the 25th against Coachella Valley. He stopped 33 of 36 and had a 917 save percentage. So back to back games with above 900 for Campbell. Here's where it's interesting and where maybe the Oilers have built themselves up a path. You can't ride Stuart Skinner as hard as you have for the last two weeks for the rest of the season. At some point, no. you're going to need someone to give him a break or he is going to totally run out of gas. And again, you'll run the risk of goaltending sinking you for a couple of weeks. Like again, Skinner has been better. I thought last night he was okay. He needed to stop that third goal. You absolutely needed a timely save there. So I, I go ahead and say he's okay. He stopped both in the shootout, played good in OT, grinded his way to a victory. Passing grade, but just okay. He's been playing a lot of hockey as of late. He got yanked against Carolina, and then he played Washington, day off, played Anaheim, day off, played Vegas, day off. Tomorrow, he's going to play Winnipeg again. This can't be sustainable. You're going to have to give him a, you're gonna have to give him some reprieve at one point. The nice thing, though, is that you have this big break coming up, right? You play Thursday against Winnipeg, then it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days off, randomly in the middle of the season. This is a chance for you to give Jack Campbell a bunch of games and maybe see if you can bring him back up. Also, coming out of the break, maybe there's an opportunity for you. You're playing Carolina, then a Minnesota team that's not that good, and then New Jersey, and then Chicago on the 12th. You could maybe give Pickard two of those games. The point I'm making here is that there's a run with a couple of weaker spots where you could give Pickard some starts and not overwork Skinner. Okay. And then at that point, you can see how Jack Campbell's playing. And maybe there's a point around Christmas where you want to call him back up. The Condors play today. They play Friday and Saturday. So another start for Campbell. And then next, like the following Friday and Saturday as well. Again, a spot for Campbell. If he goes four straight games above 900 in the AHL. And maybe you want to give him a look mid-December, call him back up. And before the roster freeze ahead of Christmas, you'll know what you have. I'm just saying maybe we can cool it on the goalie talk for now. Cause there's a couple of spots you can give picker to start, give Campbell a few more looks in the minors. And then by mid-December, we can have this conversation again. So my answer to the question is 
the goalie market and the goalie talk can be cooled for three weeks right now, I think. Um, I I agree with you saying that Pickard, I think they should give Pickard a bit of an opportunity to see what he's got, right? You look again at my my LA King reference coming back into the show, Tyler, but they do you think they had anything with Phoenix Copley and what did he win like twenty four games or his thirty something starts, right? Yeah. I don't know if Pickard's the others probably don't even need Pickard to play that many games, but if he's a guy you can spot in there every fourth game and he's gonna give you a good enough performance and an opportunity to win every night, then do you even need to go out and get a goalie? Like I know it's that's maybe an easy route out of it too, but you have to find out what you've got from him as well. And from the two games he's had the opportunity to play. I think he's been good. I think I would even when they come back from this break, play him against the Wild, I, I believe is the first game, right? And then give Skinner the next two games against Carolina, New Jersey, and whoever else is in there. And then give uh, Pickett the the Chicago game. And then, yeah, that's where you probably evaluate yourself from there. So I think I agree with you saying they could probably cool it in the sense of just see what they have. But also if an opportunity is there to, to grab a goalie, then they should be snapping at it immediately. Let's take a look at what everyone's saying over in the YouTube chat about our Sherwood Ford giant question. Uh, Sam Squatch says, uh, Hart or Blackwood would be great. Yeah, he's Reimer isn't playing tight right now. 9-11, save percentage. He'd be a step up, I think. I agree with you, Jamie. I think Reimer would be a step up right now. But my thing would be, can you maybe aim a little bit higher? As for Carter Hart, you can't touch him until you find out about this 2018 stuff, right? Like he hasn't been cleared in any of it. And I know again, innocent until proven guilty. Like I, I don't know. We don't know what we don't know with Carter Hart, but similar to Corey Perry, you're not going and touching these guys till you know that their situations are sorted out. Cause the last thing you need to do, and who knows when we're getting news on this hockey Canada thing is you traded bunch for Carter Hart. January rolls around. I'm totally speculating here. And, oh, look, Carter Hart's one of the six players who the NHL are going to suspend for two months. You can't run that risk. you got to wait till that's sorted out. As for Blackwood, he keep he is my guy. Tyler Mulek, Blackwood has 168 games. That's a lot of work. He's not a young buck. Campbell only has 176. That's a great point right there by, by our, our boy Mulek. Blackwood's not a rookie. And I know people talked about the injuries. He apparently got that heel problem fixed. He's fine. Blackwood's a guy who is a step up right now and a solution for next year as well. I'd be more than confident going into next year with a Blackwood-Skinner duo. And San Jose is one of the few teams who you could probably convince to take Jack Campbell's contract off your hands. So that's where I would go. I would be giving up a first-round pick plus if they're willing to take Campbell and give you Blackwood because it saves you money and it gives you an upgrade. It's just such a win-win. But if Blackwood's not available right now, then you wait. And I kind of just outlined the path that I think you could go to wait. And Jamie says, you know, you won't look as desperate. And I, I think that's a really good point as well. No GM. If you're drowning, you're sinking. GMs don't throw GMs life rafts. They throw them anvils. No one's going to help you out just for fun right now. Wait till you're not as desperate. Wait till the trade market maybe materializes a little bit more through the month of December. Make a move then. There's a path right now to not overwork Skinner thanks to your five days off give Pickard a couple of games, and then maybe revisit the Campbell thing. There's steps you can take right now. You don't have to jump at a trade, is my point. Uh, JD says, Tyler, what do you think about Vimelka? I think the Coyotes probably won't move him. I think it's just too much to ask. I think he's really good, and right now the Coyotes probably want to show that they can fight for a playoff spot. 
I don't think they're going to trade their number one goalie right now. And a guy that is a really good goalie as well. Um, so there you go. I, I like Blackwood. I think Blackwood's the clear-cut answer. If you could get Blackwood right now, I would do it. I don't think that's possible. I think you got to wait for a bit. Yeah, I think uh, the Vimelka thing is as good as that would be. It just reminds me of Nashville with Soros and what Barry Trotz told Frank Gray. Like, it's hard mm-hmm. to find those goalies, and the others are running into that situation right now, right? So, I Vimelka be be a push. I think a lot of things would have to go wrong for Arizona to want to m- move that guy. Naeem says, Tyler, it's anchors, not anvils. Either one would sink you. <laughs> yeah. 30 also, weights, you, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, Liam, also, we were told it's pedal to the metal, not pedal to the floor. Again, either one works. The metal is the floor of the car. <laughs> uh, in England, it's pedal to the floor. That's why Just I saying. Yep. That's why we keep you around, Liam. <laughs> Someone said Askarov. Why is Kyle says Askarov? Come on. I, I, again, could be a long-term solution, but like, is Askarov coming up and giving you a 905 goaltending this year? We've never seen him do it in the NHL. I, I don't hate the idea. I don't hate the idea. But that's a big leap. It's a big, big leap to take. It's a risk. I don't know if you yeah, want to take a risk right now. That's a move you make if you have, ironically, a goalie like Soros. Yeah, <laughs> and you can just slide him in behind, right? Like it's just not something the Oilers need to do right now. He's a good goalie, not good enough for us. The Oilers are waking up on November 29th, five points out of a playoff spot, six points out of the top wild card spot in the Western Conference. If they win their games in hand, they will pass the Ducks. They will pass the Seattle Kraken because they'll have more wins, and they will be in a tie, or sorry, two points back of the Calgary Flames. Edmonton is in a position here where they can really, really start to make some hay and make up some ground in the Western Conference playoff spot. And they're a team that once they get into a spot, Liam, I think they'll be able to play at whatever pace they need to hold on to it. It's just going to be a matter of over the next three weeks here, jumping enough teams where you're not going into the final 45, 50 games of the season. You don't want to be going into that thinking, okay, we have to jump six teams. If you have to jump one or two teams, it's fine. It's doable. If you can get into a playoff spot by the end of December, which I don't think is that insane of an ask when you consider the fact they play one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 games in the month. If you can go eight and four in that span, considering how the West is looking right now, that might be enough to get you back in the mix. Yeah, I think once you get in the mix, like you said, it's easier to stay there. It's the chasing that's difficult to do, right? Because you're constantly yeah. standing and watching. The others just need to get into a position of of dominance, I guess is a good way to put it. And on top of that, too, like they've been in this position before where they are the, the leader of the pack, I guess you could say, right? In comparison to a lot of the other teams that are going to be chasing them, like Nashville, St. Louis, like whoever it may be, right? Like they're not in that same position as they once were a few years ago to to contend with the others once the others can get ahead of them. So, yeah, I think it's just about getting your, your foot to the floor and then uh, moving forward from there. But yeah, I think by Christmas time, it's, it's not too crazy to say that they could get there. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, right? Because this team has proven to be inconsistent at times. They've gone one three, lost three, now one three again. So we'll see these this next little week of game series is going to be very vital to how the Oilers shape out the rest of the way. You also, in the month of December, play Anaheim, San Jose, 
and Chicago, three bad hockey teams. If you're playing good, you should win those. You also play some mediocre hockey teams in the Islanders and the Minnesota Wild. So again, opportunity, it's coming in the month of December. Oilers got to make some hay. They'll start the month on December 6th with a six-game homestand as well. Giddy up, folks. Uh, Braden asked, did I miss Liam's game? No, you have not. We're going to play it right now. Liam's mystery player game. If you're new to things, this is how it works. We have an easy player and we have a tough player. You need to throw your answers into the Oilers Nation YouTube. And if you are the first one to get them correct, you're going to go into a draw. Right, Liam? Or first three? First three. On the second one, right? First three on the second one. First one's just a little warm up. Get our toes wet. Yes. Then the difficult one, first three, you're going to win $25 to Nation Gear. Liam, give me the clues for the easy one, our little warm-up. Okay, here's our warm-up one. I was drafted by the Oilers in 1996. I played 462 games in the NHL. 402 were with the Edmonds. I scored 87 goals and 169 points in my career. I am from Alberta. And played my junior hockey in Alberta before going to the NCAA for four years. Okay. Drafted in 96. Yeah. Played the majority of their career with Edmonton, 400 and some games. Yep. Scored 87 goals and was an Alberta boy. Alberta boy. There's one more clue when we get there, too. I think I have an answer. Go ahead, Carla. Ooh. Mm, yeah, okay, I think I know my answer. Is it Louis DeBrusque? No, it is not Louis DeBrusque. Ah, darn. Would you like me to give to give you the final clue, which should put the nail in the coffin? Sure. Scored 15 playoff goals, 14 in one playoff run. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So if you went... I thought I was going to give it away. I thought it was too. Um, Practically played 460 games is throwing me off. 
Drafted in 96 is also throwing me off a little bit. Oh, was it, is it Fernando Pisani? It is Fernando Pisani. Ah, there we go. <laughs> uh, who are the guy who got that there? You're not going to be entered in the draw. Nuge Lover, I think, was the first one who got it over in the YouTube. Dakota and Justin got it over on the Facebook. So that's our easy one. Everyone's getting Pisani now. Yep. All right. That was the warm up. Let's get to the tough one, Liam. Giddy up. Okay, I'm going to need you to, to track your top three off of this one, Tyler. Okay. I'll keep an eye chat. Okay, so here we go. This, I played 299 games in the NHL. My career high in points came with the Oilers when I scored 17 goals and 37 points. I played for three teams, and my last season in the NHL was 2014. I am also from Edmonton. I was a high-end draft pick between 2002 and 2006. There's one more clue after, which I'll give you later. If you need it. Okay. How many games in the NHL? 299 between three teams. I'll give Go ahead. I'll save my other clue. Career high. He wasn't drafted by Oilers. Yeah. What what was 17 goals? Wasn't drafted by the Oilers. No, but was drafted between 2002 and 2006. Last season was in 2014. Hmm. Some people are guessing Mike Comrie. I don't think that's him. Some people are saying Rafi Torres. He played more than 290 some games, I think. So I'm yeah, not going to go with lot, Torres. Lot um, a high the high end pick part is honestly really throwing me off here. Um, that's a decent guess from Troy in the Facebook. Um, yeah, not not Kyle Brozdiak. Yeah, high end pick from Oduto six. So his career high, not just his Oilers high, was seventeen goals with the Oilers. Yeah, thirty. What did I say? Thirty nine points. I think. Yeah, and he's from Edmonton. He's from Edmonton. From Edmonton. Yes. Okay, Russell, that takes out your Benoit Pouliot answer because he's not from Edmonton. Um, people are really struggling with this one. Um, oh, damn. Let me see if is... anyone's good. Oh, I think FICO. Mm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to give you FICO's answer. I think that might be the one. I'm cheating a bit and using the chat, but uh, let me know what the, what was the easy clue here or the final clue? The final, the final clue. The Oilers acquired me in exchange for Rafi Torres. I know the answer. FICO nailed Go it. On. Sergeant Battle is in two, and Aiden O'Neill's in. Gilbert Brule. It is Gilbert Brule. There you go. A little bit of okay. So a little bit of cheat with a three. Uh, we got Sergeant Battle. Okay. We got Battle. Aiden O'Neill. I have the wheel Aiden. up. I can do it, Liam. Aiden O'Neill. Oh, I got it right here on my phone, and I can oh, uh, put it on, and you we can it. do the thing. Okay, Sergeant and then he was the last one, FICO? Yeah, FICO was the first one to get it. Okay. So you guys are Let's all in the wheel. wheel. You see that? There we go. Oh, there's a glare. Sergeant Battle. Sergeant Battle wins. You win our high-end giveaway. Go. Sergeant Battle Buddy Tristan, shoot me an email, Tyler at OilersNation.com. Um, 
and you are a winner. $25 to Nation Gear to go pick up some brand new stuff, some brand new swag from Oilers Nation. Um, if you don't have any Nation Gear, you should do so. New collections, nice. Mm-hmm. Our graphic designer, our boy Eric, he's been crushing it out. This dude actually, as part of his job application to Oilers Nation, designed a piece of Nation Gear, and now we're selling that Nation Gear up at the site right now. Great stuff. Congratulations, Sergeant Battle. Shout out to everyone who played along. We'll be back next Wednesday to give up give out another $25 to Nation Gear. Let's continue along and get to the menu for today's show. It is delivered by DoorDash. Ding dong, Liam. Ding dong. Ding dong. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. It's over that way. Oh, which way did I go? That way. Up, up in that corner. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, shout out to DoorDash. Groceries and more delivered right to your door. Make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Uh, I am using the menu, Liam, as an opportunity every day to update everyone on the Otani sweepstakes. That is going to be something that is done on the menu. And a gentleman by the name of Michael Marino. Who is that, you ask? I don't know. Never heard of him before today. He is a guy who calls himself an MLB insider and has 10,000 Twitter followers, though. Interesting. He says teams have began to be starting to informed if they are out on Shohei Otani. And he says both the Texas Rangers and Boston Red Sox have been told they're out on Otani. I don't know if I believe this guy or if we should believe this guy, but I'm choosing to believe anything that helps me believe that the Blue Jays have a better chance of landing Mm -hmm. Otani. So there you go. There's your update. Uh, If you want some more Blue Jays talk, Coombsy and I did a new episode of Blue Jays Nation Radio earlier this morning where we talked about Otani. So giddy up. Uh, Three games in the NHL tonight, Liam. It is the Columbus Blue Jackets taking on the Montreal Canadiens. The Detroit Red Wings taking on the New York Rangers and the Capitals taking on the LA Kings. I have two recommended bets this evening over on Betway. It is the Rangers on the puck line and then it is a shot prop parlay, Philippe Deneau. And the second name I had on that one was a Red Wing. It was Lucas Raymond to both go over one and a half, pays plus 130. So there's your bets for tonight. Uh, Anything tonight on the menu for you? It's Wednesday cheesecake. Uh, yeah, might might sneak off some cheesecake tonight. A little, little cheesecake and never go wrong with that. Uh, nothing too major for me tonight. It's Baba's birthday, so shout out Baba! Happy birthday, Baba! Uh, and then uh, big win last night against Spruce Grove Saints too. Tyler, go crew! Yeah, big win for the crew. Were they not playing out at that new rink in Niskew? Yeah, they played in, uh, I think, think it's called the Silent Ice Center. Fantastic facility. Uh, I'm sure Spruce Grove will play a couple more games there this season, too, if anyone wanted to go check that out for themselves. Giddy up. There you go. That's what's on the menu tonight for DoorDash. There's the promo code NATION25, all caps on NATION, up at the top of your screen. Uh, Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Game as we rip through the end of the show here. Liam, you and I are both out. Um, is there a fresh run of picks for tonight, Aaron? Flash them up if we got them. Okay, if you're still alive, if you haven't if you haven't started playing yet, these are going to be for tomorrow's NHL slate, I believe. Um, some decent options here, some decent options. Kucherov under half a point—that's that seems a little bit risky. Yeah. Uh, Canadians score okay, three no. and a half. They're okay. Pedersen to get two points—I don't hate it. Anyways, if you haven't played the Daily Faceoff Survivor game over at DailyFaceoff.com, it is a chance to win real prizes from Wendy's with your fantasy picks. There's going to be a new one firing up out of the weekend. So go make an account so you get your alerts and you don't miss it. And if you're hungry, you need lunch, why not go to Wendy's and try their new chicken strips and French toast sticks? What a combo. The combo you didn't think you needed. 
You can get it all at Wendy's or on the Wendy's app. Liam, I think that's a wrap on our show. It's one o'clock. One o'clock. I got a new article coming up. OilersNation.com in 30 minutes. Tomorrow, Sherwood Ford, giant, giant game day edition of the show with myself, Liam, and Jay. Frank Saravalli will be around on Friday's edition as well. So you won't want to miss it. You're going to want to hit the subscribe button over on our YouTube as well. Shout out to everyone in the Fitting Cat YouTube chat. You guys were all excellent. Shout out to you, Liam. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. And we'll chat with everyone 23 hours from now at 1201 Mountain tomorrow. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.